Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. Week 7 picks on the way. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify. Not on YouTube today, but make sure if you go to YouTube, make sure to subscribe at Big Ten Football Talk, uh, the channel there. Also, make sure to send me emails, Talk at gmail.com. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Grateful for you guys. We're going to get right into it. The first game of the week, Indiana at number two, Michigan. That's on Fox, 12 p.m. kick. It's the big noon kick with Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt, best broadcast team in college football. Michigan's a 33.5-point favorite. The over-under is 44.5. And And I got to tell you, I don't see how Indiana's going to score in this game, I think this could be a very similar result to what happened against Minnesota last week, where you know maybe Indiana gets a couple of big plays, but then Michigan maybe gets a pick six, maybe gets a fumble return for a touchdown, and it just kind of av- kind of avalanches. I just think this Michigan team is too tough on both sides of the line. I think they're finding the groove offensively, which I'll get to a comment. Uh, by one of the listeners here uh, at the end of the the score predictions, but I I just think Michigan is too tough, and they're a, they're a team that once they start rolling, it's it's like an avalanche. You you can't stop it. So I I like Michigan big in this game. I think they cover. I actually think they get over the the over. Uh, I think it'll be forty five to six. Michigan covers. Uh, and it's an over. 12 o'clock on Peacock. Number three, Ohio State at Purdue. Of course, the rankings, they, they reflect the AP poll because the AP poll is relevant, right? Ohio State is a 19.5 point favorite over the Boilermakers. Th- this is a weird one for me because mo- I, most listeners know I'm, a, I'm an Ohio State fan. And Ohio State has lost... I believe four times in the past 18 years or so at Ross Aid Stadium. And it's it's not like Ohio State that it's not like Purdue had great teams, right? 2004, Purdue upset them at home. That was when Kyle Orton was the quarterback, Troy Smith was just getting a start. 2009, it was a it was a weird game where Ohio State was the better team, but they played just awful in that game. And Purdue was able to pull the upset uh, in 2009. 2011, that was the dumpster fire year for Ohio State, and Purdue was able to get the win in overtime. And then 2018 was the Rondale Moore game. And uh, I think it was uh, Knox, the running back, who ran for three touchdowns. And, you know, I still remember uh, that wide receiver. I just said Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore just going wild. That last play where 
he is being tackled and the tackler can't actually tackle him and he gets through and he scores and it's it's a blowout. Purdue is tricky to play for Ohio State. Like since Jim Tressel, every coach that has coached at Ohio State, Tressel, Fickle, and Urban have all lost at Ross Aid Stadium. This is I believe the first time that Ryan Day is going to Ross Aid. So as a fan, I'm like upset upset possibility. They've got Penn State next week. They might be looking ahead. I I think the more I look at this as an analyst, I just I, anything can happen, right? Any given Sunday. I don't think Purdue is built to beat a team like Ohio State. I think their strength is their pass rush. And I think Ohio State actually does a pretty good job against the pass rush. I think their run blocking stinks. But I think I think they have enough at the tackle spot in terms of pass protection that they'll be okay there. Travion Henderson most likely is going to be back. I think Purdue's strength on offense uh, is really throwing the ball. I think, you know, Maccabee's a good complement in the running game, but he's not... You know, they're not going to make their hay running the ball. And so I just don't think they're going to be able to run effectively enough to keep their offense on the field. I think Ohio State's defense, uh, their back seven, uh, particularly their their safeties in their corners, I think have played exceptional this year. And they don't have receivers like they've seen, like they just saw at Maryland. So I, I think Ohio State wins... It's going to be a sloppy game. Most likely there's going to be some some bad weather in this game. So I think it'll be lower scoring. 34-17, Ohio State does not cover. Does not cover. I think Purdue stays in here for a little bit, but I think it is a bad matchup for them, and I think Ohio State pulls away in the second half. I think similar to what we saw with, with, uh, with Maryland. Um, so 34-17, Ohio State over Purdue. Also at 12 o'clock, Big Ten Network, Michigan State – at Rutgers, and I am excited to see what Rutgers does in this game. Rutgers is a four and a half point favorite. It is in Piscataway, possibly some rain, possibly th- some thunderstorms. Um, so definitely, you know, definitely some weather to consider. But the reality is, Rutgers wants to run the ball. They want to establish the run with Wimsat and, and Manangai. And while I think Michigan State does have a bit more talent than maybe people realize, they they are really hurting. Uh, a lot of injuries. There's also a lot of buzz that Caten Hauser might uh, be the starter over Noah Kim. So I, I'm curious how that works out. I think Rutgers gets the dub. I think it's low scoring. Um, I like Rutgers 17 to 10. So the under the over under is 39. I like the under and I think Rutgers covers in this game 17 to 10, low scoring. Rutgers gets their fifth win. 3:30 p.m. kick on the Big 10 Network. Massachusetts, UMass taking on number 6 Penn State. Penn State is a 41 and a half point favorite. Very nice of the Big 10 and for Penn State to have two bye weeks before the Ohio State game. This this is going to be um, a bloodbath. <laughs> I think Penn State comes out 
they, they want to come out fast. They want to come out uh, in rhythm. They want to get ready for that big matchup at, in Columbus next week. I think Penn, I think Drew Allar has a good game. Drew Aller has a good game. I think the defense suffocates Massachusetts. I like 56 to nothing Penn State over UMass. Uh, it's going to be a bloodbath. 330 kick on NBC, Illinois at Maryland. You know, Maryland, obviously, they were in it with Ohio State for a good chunk of that game. And that, that the score of, of 37-17 is very deceptive. I think Illinois' defense will, will make some plays in this game. I really do. Um, Maryland is a 14-point 14, 14 favorite. Uh, it's at College Park. And I think Illinois just has so like a lot of key injuries. Um, Josh McCray is has been ruled out for the rest of the season with a neck injury. Uh, Reggie Love may be out of this game, and so you're you're down several running backs. The offensive line is a mess. I think the defense is is good, not great. I think Maryland wins. I don't know if they cover. I think it's hard to come back against a. It's tough to play a game in conference after you have an emotional game the week before. And I think I think there were a lot of uh, there was a lot of, of emotions in Columbus for Maryland last week. That being said, I do think Maryland controls the emotions. I think Tunga Vailoa has a good game, has a good bounce back game. I like Maryland to win this game uh 35 to 17. I think Maryland covers and they get back in the win column. They become bowl eligible with this win. And then 4 p.m. on Fox, Big West Showdown, Iowa at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a 10-point favorite. I think we find out a lot about Wisconsin in this game, right? Because I think we, we still have questions because of Wisconsin's loss to Washington State. I think we have a lot of questions, not just because of Washington State, but because you're still – trying to figure out who you are as an offense, right? You have this air raid scheme, but you also have this power running game. You have new coaching with Fickle and Phil Longo. They're, they're still trying to figure things out. Can Wisconsin just wisely navigate the ball down the field without turning the ball over? I think that's the key to this game because Iowa really does not have the ability to stretch the field on offense. Remember Cade McNamara out for the rest of the season, torn ACL. Uh, a lot of a lot of their other offensive playmakers are out. Luke Lachey out for the rest of the season. Y- you have a lot of players on the offense that that are out. A wide receiver didn't make a catch last week against Purdue. It's in Camp Randall. I think Wisconsin wins. I think they win big in this game, and I think they establish themselves. You know. It, on the broad, uh, on the Maryland broadcast, a lot of people were saying that Maryland is the fourth best team in the Big Ten. I think Maryland reannounces itself as a player at the top of the conference next week or this Saturday. Uh, now, just to because I know Yankee Wolverine, I know you're gonna you're gonna give me some business for saying that, but I'm just I'm just throwing this. When I say top, I mean top four. I don't mean top three. I still think Wisconsin is is clearly a cut below. I think Maryland is a cut below the big three. But the reality is I think Wisconsin does announce itself as more in that that upper second tier 
of the Big Ten than more of the middle of the pack, like maybe the rest of the Big Ten West. I like Wisconsin to win 28-10. to 10. Wisconsin covers, and I, I think I, I, even 28-10, to 10, that sounds low scoring. I think for the type of teams that these are, I don't think it's close. I, I think Wisconsin gets up big and stays up big. So, so that's the picks. I want to get to a comment, and, and you, you guys were a little silent th- uh, this past week. Um, you know, I, I I don't have a lot other than a lot of well wishes from from fans. Yankee Wolverine again. Uh, he messaged me during the Ohio State game asking me how I felt about Trey Henderson being out. I actually, you know, he he asked if I thought the Trey Henderson injury would matter, and at the time I said I don't think so. I think after seeing the running game against Maryland, I think he means more to this this team than I realized because of his home run ability. So I, you know, I, I obviously he's the best back in that backfield, but I think the fact that he can open things up as a receiver out of the backfield, but also just he can go two two uh, you know two yards, one yard, two yards, sixty five yards, and he can do that unlike the other backs that Ohio State has. So that was a comment. Thanks for for messaging me during the game. The other one I want to get to, Matthew Greenberg on Spotify, he wrote in and he he challenged me a little bit on Maryland's offense. I, I said last week that I thought Maryland's offense might be the best in the conference. And his response was, give me the team with the better quarterback, the better offensive line uh, in Michigan. And I I did some research. I appreciate the comment. Um, first off, I think Michigan, if you look at their averages, they are average 9.9 yards per pass attempt, 5.1 yards per run attempt. That I, I believe both are tops in the conference right now. If you look at, you know, if you look at Maryland, which I said was the best offense, 7.7 yards per pass attempt, 4.7 yards per run. If you look at Ohio State, which I think would be the other team maybe in that in that conversation, 9.3 yards per pass attempt, 4.4 yards per run. So there's there I think statistically I think you can absolutely make a a very sound argument that Michigan is the best offense in the conference just by way of yards per play. And I think there is a reality too that because of their style of play, it's very easy to forget that they are effective offensively, right? They, they're very much more of a, they're going to wear you down and, and exhaust you type of team. And that's just how they play. They're not a wide open offense, although they have been more, they have been more wide open. Roman Wilson has been a really effective weapon for them. Eight touchdowns over the course of the season so far. Um, I think when, when I was talking about Maryland being the best offense, I, I was talking about a couple things. One was in the context of who Ohio state was playing. So I, I think in terms of offensive personnel, I would still probably pick Ohio state over everybody. And that includes Maryland and that, that includes Michigan. Now, the one caveat there, I would say is the offensive line. And I think Michigan's offensive line has been good. 
I don't know if I would say they've been great. And I think some of the, the, the yardage numbers that I was just rattling off is a little conflated, if I'm being honest. Because if you look at who Michigan has played, they really haven't played many good defenses. Like Rutgers has like was good, and I thought Rutgers did a decent job of, of stopping them at least early, and then the dam broke. I think... You know, I think against uh, Minnesota early, who Minnesota's not a great defense, but they struggled a bit offensively early. Now they got rolling, right? And but if you look at who Michigan has played, like there's a context to those numbers, and I think I think Blake Corm has been good. I think Blake Corm's starting to look like himself again. I think for the first few games he didn't look completely healthy. I don't think he looked. Like he was a uh, hundred, like he looked rusty is probably the best way to put it. I think Donovan Edwards has not looked like he did last year. Now, I think that'll shift as the season goes on. I think the offensive line is still figuring things out. Compare that, and again, I, I said Maryland. I think if you compare that to Maryland, I I think offensively, their quarterback, running back, wide receiver combo is very, 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 very good. And I would argue that just from a, a skill position perspective, I'd probably pick Maryland's skill, posi- skill positions as a combined unit over Michigan. Now, before people throw a fit, I'm not taking Roman Hemby over Blake Corum. I'm still probably not taking Roman Hemby over Donovan Edwards. I think people know my love for Donovan Edwards. Like I think he's the best I think he's the best back from a talent perspective. I think he's the best back in in the conference. Um even above Blake Corum, although I think Corum's been more consistent. My I think I'm thinking more from a collective perspective. Um it's the same thing with Ohio, I I think Ohio State their collection of skill positions, skill position talent is, I think, the best, not just in the conference, but in the country compared to Michigan, compared to everybody else. The The issue, and I think, Matt, you bring up a really good point, is is the offensive line. And you have to take that into consideration. But also, I look at Maryland. Maryland had to play Ohio State, and their defense is supremely better than anything Michigan's faced. That brings their numbers down. Michigan has faced Notre Dame and Maryland and Indiana, for that matter. All of those defenses are better than anything Michigan has played, save for Rutgers. And that's where I, I, I think I would agree that I think from a collective standpoint, I think Michigan is very, very talented. I think part of my questions about them right now is, is the offensive line going to continue to figure it out? And will the wide receivers, you know, can the wide receivers continue to grow? Can uh, Colston Loveland continue to grow at that tight end position? I think if they do, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think Michigan, I, I think Michigan's offense is terrifying if they get everything moving. Because if the reality is they're, they're like, you know, I cover high school football as well. And they're like a lot of the teams I cover that are playoff-worthy uh, competitors where 
Their offensive line is unstoppable. Their running game is unstoppable. And it doesn't matter how many good receivers you have on the other end, like on the, for the other team, it doesn't matter how, how high-flying you are. If you can't stop the run, you're going to lose. And I think Michigan is is maybe getting to that point, similar to Alabama teams of the past and even Georgia teams of the past. I think that's why they're being compared to that. I'm just not convinced they're there yet. And I think people who think Michigan is there, I, I think you have to remember they haven't played anyone that can challenge them yet. They haven't played a defense that that can slow either part of them down. I think Rutgers did for a little bit, but they don't have the offense to then stress Michigan. And that's, I think, my question is Michigan hasn't been stressed, and so they've been able to take their time, right? Bowling Green, they were 7-6. to six. They were never in danger, though. But what happens if you get a game where McCarthy throws three picks against a Penn State where they actually have playmakers? Are they going to start pressing? Are they going to start making more mistakes? You know, is the offensive line going to break down? I don't know. And I think that's a question we haven't seen yet. And so totally, I think... Matt, it's a very reasonable thing you say, and I think overall, I think you might be right. I think you might say, I think it might be right in taking Michigan over the field, right, and and over Maryland for sure. I I just the issue is that Michigan has not been stressed at all. What happens when you start to stress them? They're not going to be stressed against Indiana. Because it's the same problem with Indiana. If your offense, if your offense can't generate anything, it helps your it helps your your offense, right? Like if Indiana, if if Michigan's defense stonewalls Indiana, which they will, Indiana's going to wear down, and so that that makes the numbers look better. What happens when a team can actually possess the ball and put stress? on a team where they have to go and score and they don't have the benefit of wearing a team down. That's, I think, where I'm I'm curious about the Wolverines um, because I, I don't think their offensive line is as good as they, they were last year. I don't. I think the, the, the two kids that came over from Stanford, they're good. They're not great. Um. I still would pick Michigan to be the best team in the Big Ten right now. And a lot of that's just the reality that offensively and defensively, I think they are a cut above collectively. So that that's, I think, how I'm processing. It's a great comment because I, I think you're, you're right to challenge me on it. You're right to, to push back on, on the thought about, about Maryland versus Michigan in terms of offensively. I'll say, I'll say this last thought, though. There is a reality where I think Maryland is more, I think, explosive, particularly at wide receiver. Again, Roman Wilson is good. Cornelius Johnson is good. I don't think they're elite-level talents. And while I don't think Maryland is elite-level at receiver, I think they've got some dudes. Like, I think they've got some – I think Jason Jones is a stud um, and is maybe – is probably one of the better receivers – 
not named Marvin Harrison and Emeka Abuka. And that's not to take anything away from Michigan's receivers. It's just I, I think their receivers are not the strength of their team. And I think everybody would agree to that. Like it's the running backs, it's the offensive line, it's the quarterback. And JJ has played most football this this year out of out of his mind. He's been really really good. He makes those receivers better. But I I think you look at the receiver room of Maryland. I think you look at their their talent collectively. I think they're underrated. I think they're really good. So um, appreciate the comment. Appreciate again. I want to do more. Audience interaction. If you agree, awesome. If you don't agree, if you're like you're, I don't know what you're on, but uh, you know, I you know, I, if you don't agree with it, that's fine. I don't like. We can agree to disagree. That's the great thing about sports. Um, but I really appreciate the uh, the comments, and obviously, continue to bring in. Uh, you know, continue to make comments. Continue to leave reviews. Continue to send me emails. Uh, talk to me on X. Love, love the interaction because it's an opportunity for us to talk through things. So that'll do it for this episode of the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. This is Zach Guggenheim signing off. Take care. God bless.